previously on Killing Lorenzo. This morning, the Shelby County Grand Jury indicted Billy R. Turner for the premeditated first-degree murder of Lorenzen Wright. God had a plan for me, and I can't believe, oh, they said I was going to get a Christmas present, and I didn't think it was, they said before Christmas, but I didn't think this early. I'm thinking maybe the 20th, 21st, 27th, or something like that, not this early. But then when they called, they said, yeah. I said, thank you, Jesus. That's all I could say. Sure Wright Robinson has been indicted for conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, criminal attempt first-degree murder, and first-degree murder for, the, for her ex-husband, Lorenzen Wright. Shara Wright is back in court here at Riverside Hall of Justice this morning. We'll soon learn whether or not she fights coming back to Memphis. In the early morning hours of Friday, January 19th, 2018, Shara Wright left Riverside County, California. Shara was in a prison transport bus headed back to Memphis to face murder charges. I'm April Thompson, along with Zanetta Lowe. This is Killing Lorenzen, Love, Basketball, Murder. Episode 9, Part 2, Operation Rebound. It is an 1,800-mile trip, but remarkably, it took only a day to get Cheryl Wright back to Memphis. She was booked into the Shelby County Jail just before 11 p.m. Saturday, January 20th, 2018. And they said it could take four to five days to get here, so I actually got here a lot quicker than we thought. That was the spokesperson for the Shelby County Sheriff's Department at the time. Shara getting back to Memphis in record time surprised Lorenzen Wright's family, including his grandmother, Louise Vassar. She didn't come on no bus. That's a lie. Because at the time they said that bus was leaving ain't away from California to her. And they got stops. Ain't no way they got to Memphis at the time they said it. That was a lie. They said that they drove straight. That's a lie. That's a lie. What do you think? You been to California? Mm -hmm. I didn't drive. Have you drove? All right, then. Shut, shut my mouth. Takes a long Darn right. time. Darn right. Darn right. And that's impossible. That was a lie. So what do you think happened? Huh. I think they might have been afraid somebody going to do something to or something. So there were already special plans for Shara's incarceration. Right now sits here at Shelby County Jail East, where she's being kept away from the other inmates until a mental and physical exam can be completed. At that point, she'll go back into the general population with everyone else. Investigators say they have no reason to believe Wright will be a target or a threat to anyone else. As with all of our inmates, uh, we watch over them and uh, are very careful with all of them. You know, they're in our care. The Shelby County District Attorney's Office had the case now and began setting Cheryl Wright's first court appearances in Memphis. Thursday, January 25th, 2018. Cheryl Wright walked into court in an orange jail jumpsuit. Her short black hair was parted to the side. She had on lipstick and eye makeup. And unlike her first court appearance in California, she was not in a wheelchair, but walked freely into court. Judge Lee Coffey allowed cameras in the courtroom, and photographers quickly focused on Shara's every move. For the first time, Shara Wright walked into a Shelby County courtroom to hear the serious charges she's facing. Do you understand what you charged with in this case, ma'am? 
She didn't say much. The court appearance only lasted a few minutes. In the front row to take it all in, Lorenzen Wright's family, dressed in black. They said it was to show they were mourning. His mother and grandmother sat next to each other, flanked by family members and friends. Lorenzen's friend Monte Nevels was on the front row too. I never would have dreamed that this would have been the case. Uh, I knew they had a relationship. Uh, like any other relationship, they have issues and problems and, and of course, you know, people fuss and fight, but I've never thought it would have gotten to this. Deborah Marion recalls what she was really thinking that first time seeing Shara as an inmate. It's really hard, but I'm glad. I've been waiting for seven years for this. I don't really come to what I really want to get her ass locked up. That's the only thing I want. Shara was charged with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and attempted first-degree murder. She pleaded not guilty and was already lining up her defense. She's doing as well as, as you could expect somebody to be doing, given uh, the, the situation she's in. She's uh, been incarcerated. This is not something she's used to, not something she's enjoying. That was Blake Ballin. He's from a prominent family in Memphis. His father and late grandfather have been longtime attorneys and tried some prominent cases. Blake Ballin was teaming up with Steve Farise Jr., who is also from a prominent law family from Mississippi. Farise said high-profile cases have their challenges. Anytime that you have a case where the victim is a celebrity or a well-known person in the community, you know, the main challenge is, is to make sure that the truth is out there. Ballin and Farise had not officially signed on to represent Shara during her first court appearance. That would come a little later but they stood with her as she faced a judge that first day. Lorenzen's mom was not swayed by the so-called dream team. They might be successful, but how you gonna uh, premeditate a murder and be, get out of it? All eyes were on Shara, though, including Deborah's. She told us what she felt as she finally watched what she'd been long waiting for. It was like Walking into the sea without water, you know danger is near, but you don't really, you can't see it, but you know danger is near. I couldn't believe I was sitting in the same room with the person that facilitated the death of my child. I just couldn't fathom, you know, they did everything they could to keep me steady. She walked in the courtroom like she didn't have any concerns in the world. You see that smirk grin on her face? She had a smirk grin on her face, sure did. She walked in like, oh well. But even from that first court appearance, Deborah was clear what she didn't want. I don't want her to get the death penalty because I want her to miss her kids like I miss mine. I don't want nobody to kill her ass down there either. It's too easy. So what does justice look like for you? Life without possibility. But the guy had to look without possibility of parole. That's what I want to see, life. Or 99.9 years, whichever one you want to put it. By February, Shara had finalized everything and signed on the two high-profile attorneys to represent her. With the new arrest, the Lorenzen Wright case was getting national attention. By the spring of 2018, CBS's 48 Hours was in Memphis to profile the murder case. At nearly seven feet tall, Lorenzen Wright was a giant in his hometown. Correspondent James Brown interviewed several people, including me, for a 48-hour story called Lorenzen Wright, No Defense. At one point, Brown asked Lorenzen's friends, Phil Dotson and Reverend Bill Atkins, as well as the man who says he dated Shara, if they thought she was guilty. Do you think Shara Wright killed Lorenzen Wright? I hate to say it, but it seems like she did. I do. I think Lorenzen was killed for money.
I believe she did. After the murder reached a national audience, Cheryl Wright's attorney, Blake Ballin, had some concerns. They asked, uh, you know, did they think that, that she was guilty? And that, that's a question that is dangerous to have out in the public because their opinion is irrelevant. Uh, what's important is, is what the proof shows. His concern now, the impact on a potential jury pool. This is the kind of thing you're going to want to ask potential jurors, did you see this? It put out information that uh, potential jurors could see. It put out opinions that, that potential jurors could see. Prosecutors say next month they will know if they plan to seek the death penalty against Shara and her co-defendant, Billy Ray Turner. They will be tried together. Two defendants, years and years, a cold case for years and years. Uh, it's challenging. That's Prosecutor Paul Hagerman. He was the lead attorney from the DA's office, handling both the Shara Wright and Billy Turner case. Shara and Billy Turner began appearing in court together, co-defendants in the murder case. March of 2018, we got a first hint of how this case would go. First, prosecutors were not seeking the death penalty. Next was getting them out on bond. Billy Turner's bond hearing came first. Character witnesses vouched for him, hoping he would be released. Among them, Damon Dickerson, the assistant pastor who attended church with Shara and Billy. It's been great to meet. Three people took the stand to vouch for Turner's character, but it didn't sway the judge, who set his bond at $15 million. That's $5 million more than prosecutors were asking for. Shara Wright's bond hearing took a twist. Prosecutors instead focused on her behavior in jail, saying she had been wreaking havoc. One includes her um, being unclothed in her jail cell and flooding her uh, cell. At a hearing where people were expected to speak on behalf of the person seeking bond, Cheryl Wright's hearing revealed for weeks she'd been passing items to inmates at jail, even clogging the toilet, causing a flood, saying she was going swimming. Her attorneys hinted at her mental instability. If anything, the, the rules are be broke, being broken indicate that perhaps there's a need for some sort of mental health counseling here. Taking all these factors into consideration, we believe that a $100,000 bond would be sufficient. Some of the statements that she allegedly called some of these security uh, deputies are, are absolutely horrific and absolutely shocking. They're absolutely horrifying. But for Shara Wright, Lorenzen Wright might still be alive. Um, this court finds. Um, that the bond in this case shall be set to cover this indictment at $20 million. For Lorenzo Wright's family, relief. Yes, that was good. We know he got 15, now she got 20, so they need to be where they are. They are they've been free for too long already. You know, they have lived a good life for the last seven years. Where's my son? Billy nor Shara would make their 15 and $20 million bonds. But behind the scenes, something else was developing, apparently a rift between Shara and her two high-profile attorneys. Months after signing on with her, it was all over. The relationship between us and the client had deteriorated to a point where we couldn't effectively represent her. Lorenzen's mom speculated on why. They told her not to call the judge or nothing. Everything they told her not to do, she did. She wouldn't call the plea. So they said they're gone. Man. A lot of people said she ain't got no money. The reason she got no, she wouldn't listen to them. So the judge asked an attorney to take on Shara's case. Judge Coffey chose attorney Junie Ganguly. It'll be a fun case. It's a high profile, but we've had cases that are complex and been successful with it. I'm excited. I think we can do well. Ganguly teamed up with another attorney, Lori Hall, to represent Shara. 
Ganguly and Hall sat down to talk with us about the case they called a change maker. We met at Ganguly's downtown law office. The lobby is lined with framed pictures of the front pages of newspapers, most with headlines about Lorenzen Wright's murder and Shera's arrest. It seems this was a high-profile case he had been waiting on. Well, uh, I'm a baseball fan, so it's kind of like getting a call from the New York Yankees and asking them, and the Yankees asking me, do you want to be our starting shortstop? And <laughs> absolutely. As court-appointed lawyers, Ganguly and Hall were taking on Shara's case for $50 an hour. That's a fraction of my normal hourly rate, and it's a small fraction of Laurie's uh, normal hourly rate. But with that said, and I don't mean to be shallow when I say this, the value of Shara's case is not whatever we'll earn. The value is should we be successful? And I believe in us. Then I think this could be a kingmaker of a case. And the case was finally set to go to trial September 16th, 2019. Ganguly and Hall turned to who might make up the jury. They wanted jurors outside of Memphis and Shelby County, saying Shara had become hated and was being brutally attacked on social media. The comments are overwhelmingly negative. They're generally uninformed. They're generally hateful. Memphis, of course, is unique. Lorenzen Wright was uh, dearly loved by people here in Memphis. Um, and so it's not only the fact that our client is perceived to be hated here, it's also the fact that the victim um, is so loved by so many people here. Ultimately, Shara's attorneys withdrew their request for a change of venue. Lorenzen's mom said it didn't matter either way. They talking about that uh, we want to change the venue. Like I told them, you can go to Japan, all you're going to need is a translator. They're going to have the same evidence. It's going to be the same verdict. I don't care what you take. The attorneys instead focused on the phone wiretap recordings prosecutors had of Shara and Billy. They wanted them omitted from the trial, but the judge said no. The tapes would be heard. Lorenzen's mom said she heard what was on them. Took me up to the place to hear him at 1.30 at night. As I told him, yeah, wait a minute, let me take a pill and I want to hear So do. So you wanted to hear him? Hmm? You've heard him? Some of them. I ain't heard them all. When the trial come and everybody hear them phone conversation, some of her folks just gonna get up and walk out the damn court because they go, shit we can do, listen to what they talking about, listen to Shirley and him. Uh, some of her folks gonna get up and walk out because they gonna be like, damn fool, how would you discuss that? Uh, you should have been discussing that person to person, I don't know phone. Now you done got tap. Now they finna play that everybody hear it. Mm -mm. Once y'all hear them tape, huh. it's OV. That's why they don't want them to play the tapes. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Once you hear them tape, you can be like, how big of a fool could they have been? Do they not know they can be recorded? But the DA had more than wiretaps. He had two additional informants who came forward in 2017, linking Kenny Brown, Lorenzen's driver, to the murder. Lorenzen's roommate, Michael Gibson, told us he had been suspicious of Kenny Brown early on. Kenny started driving the RV around and, and started doing things to Lorenzen as far as driving cars to certain cities and 
just doing personal things for him. So that's how Kenny got involved. But um, I always thought that he was around for the money. I thought he was a snake, you know, and I know he's an ex-con. I know he, the people that he hung out with, you know, and things like that. And here's the key. The DA's informants say Jackie Brown, who is Kenny's ex-wife, told them Kenny said he had been paid $100,000 by Mrs. Wright to kill Mr. Wright. Still, Kenny Brown was never charged. We asked the prosecutor why. Another person that was mentioned is Mr. Kenny Brown, and that his name came up in a lot of um, court documents and that he may have been there that night. Have you pursued him or anything about him? Yeah, I can't comment on that. Is he going to be a part of the trial? Can't comment on that either. Shera's attorneys questioned why Jimmy Martin, Shera's cousin, hadn't been charged either. He's the one that led police to the murder weapon, and he had details of the murder plot. Listen to what Prosecutor Hagerman read about Martin in court. Jimmy Martin said that he rode to Memphis, Tennessee with Shara Wright, where they picked up Billy Turner, and they confessed to him that they had just murdered Lorenzen Wright, and he received payment for this by Shara Wright. There was details in Jimmy Martin's statement with regard to the crime scene, including the cutting of a section of barbed wire, which hadn't been uh, ever released to the public. That barbed wire was the fence around the field where Lorenzen's body was found. Jimmy Martin, who knew explicit details of the murder, was never charged in it. Did the DA offer him an immunity agreement? What you're calling an immunity agreement, which would be an agreement not to prosecute somebody for a crime. Uh, what was uh, talked about in court, something different, more limited, a use immunity proffer agreement meaning the words that you speak in the room to me, if they're truthful, those words can't be used against you. So does that mean that that person can't be charged? It means the opposite of that. They can be charged? Yes. For the crime that they're talking about? Yes, but what they say can't be used against them, if it's truthful. It's an opportunity for a defendant, for a potential defendant who has information truthful information, to be able to reveal that truthful information without his own words coming back to hurt, to hurt him or her, if they're truthful. And that's what happened in this case? I think you'll hear if, I think you'll hear and you heard in court already uh, that there was such a letter given to uh, Mr. Martin. Hagerman reached that agreement with Jimmy Martin and he finally had a case. But Martin wasn't done talking. Martin reportedly told investigators before Lorenzen Wright's murder in 2010, he and Turner made another attempt on his life, breaking into his Atlanta home, but getting cold feet. They observed an unknown male, who was not Lorenzen Wright, asleep on the couch. Jimmy Martin stated that this foiled their murder plot. Prosecutors say instead, Shara Wright ended up luring her ex-husband back to the Memphis area with racy texts and allegedly killing him here. You believe Shara was there? Yes. They bossed it the first time. Do you think, hell no, she ain't finna let them do it again. She gonna make sure it be done right this time. Shara's attorneys questioned just what Martin gave prosecutors and what they may have given him in return. He received less than the maximum on his own unrelated murder. And number two, he's not indicted for this homicide. So if you're talking about payment, that's significant. I think he knew he'd be given the maximum that he then offered up this story. 
And so then in return, he got immunity and did not get the maximum. He's the one that provided, again, this alleged story, um, the location of the gun. And, okay, the gun found matches the bullets found in Mr. Wright's body. Again, that just points to Jimmy Martin as being the murderer. Lorenzen Wright's friend, Reverend Bill Atkins, also thinks Jimmy Martin got something. Whoever talks first gets the deal. And even when you're in prison, uh, there are things that you will want. You know, um, um, you want to go to a better prison, a prison with uh, maybe some freedoms, uh, watching television. He cut the deal. You know, the police say whoever talks first gets the deal. You know, you talk, you get the deal. He got the deal. So, yes, he was involved. He was asked to be involved. Uh, I'm thankful for him, though. Yeah, we all, I think. Deborah Marion has an idea why Sheriff's cousin Jimmy Martin turned on her. They had him help plan the wedding and didn't answer, the, I mean, the fear of the death, but didn't answer the phone the day of the killing. I mean, you're not finna get you no $200,000 at this trip. You're writing you off. He said he knew when Cheryl didn't answer her phone and Billy didn't answer his phone, they won't give him nothing. And he done rode too long with them with this trip. That's why he said he got to tell the police. So they think they finna get him, he finna get them. I don't blame him. I get him too. I'll help you plan this for this death, and now y'all gonna do it by yourself, and I'm not gonna get nothing out the deal. Then about get number sure. What did she get? She got the million dollars and spend it in ten months. Mike Gibson thinks there should be more arrests. Even just Cheryl and Billy, how you how are both of them just gonna? No, that's not enough for Lorenzo. I'm telling you, that's not enough. I know Lorenzo. Even if both of them are pointing guns at him in the, in the woods, it's going to be a bigger struggle than what we heard on the 911 call. So um, I seriously think there's more environment that we're not hearing about. Gibson told us he was likely the person Martin and Turner found asleep at the Atlanta condo when they first tried to kill Lorenzen. He also remembers Shara coming to visit around the same time. I was at their work all day, so once I got out of work, though, I did see her once I got back to the uh, condo, and, but she was headed out. She was headed back to Memphis, which I thought that was weird. Gibson says it's frightening to think he and his kids, who were sharing the condo with Lorenzen, could have been in the line of danger. Overwhelmed. I'm like, hey, you know, what if I was there? What if she did? You know, what if, what if I was included, you know? We just want justice. Um, when Cheryl got arrested, that was a major shock. Uh, we all suspected that she may have something to do with it, but we was hoping that that was not the case. But more things were starting to link Shara to it all. Another name that first surfaced when Shara's co-defendant, Billy Turner, was arrested was the babysitter Shara used for the kids, Janice Taylor. Taylor's family told WREG she had nothing to do with the case. But in court, prosecutors made a link after tapping Shara and Billy Turner's cell phones once police announced they had found the gun that killed Lorenzen. Listen as Hagerman reads what was uncovered by that phone tap. Turner placed an outgoing call to Janice Taylor, determined by investigators to be TJ. Janice Taylor then put Shara Wright on the phone. During the conversation, Shara Wright tells Billy Turner that she wanted to show him something, and they agreed to meet at Janice Taylor's house. Investigators recognized that this meeting was arranged using third-party phones in an effort to conceal their contact from phone records. Janice Taylor was never charged. Deborah Marion says it was all beginning to add up to Shara. 
She even told us how Billy Turner became Shara's victim. He was in there telling about sure I sure messed him around. That they supposed to be married. They supposed to be spending this money. I'm talking about I want a phone hearing all this. Hello. Billy Turner may have been talking, but before he could ever go on trial for the murder, he had to face a gun charge. Police found guns at Turner's home and they arrested him in the Lorenzen Wright case. Turner had a prior conviction and was not supposed to have any guns. Turner's gun trial was set for June 17th of 2019. Potential jury members were already in court. Then suddenly, everything changed. You're pleading guilty to 180-1702. Billy Turner took the stand and said he agreed to plead guilty to owning the shotgun found in his home. In exchange, prosecutors would drop the charge of the gun belonging to his fiancée. Here is how his attorney explained it. He realizes that, hey, I'm not supposed to have a firearm on me or what have you. Uh, he took that risk. He, um, but as he took that risk, he also said he took that risk when he was talking to police early on and said, hey, the only firearm that, that I have anything to do with is a shotgun I have so that if somebody kicks my door in at midnight and robs me, I'll have a way to at least uh, even the score or even what might be going on. By taking the plea, Turner ended up getting 16 years as opposed to the 20 he could have faced. He only has to serve 35% of his sentence before he can get parole. But as all eyes now turn to the murder case, it would turn out that plea deal wasn't the only willing and dealing being done. On the next episode of Killing Lorenzen. We have a crew at the Criminal Justice Center downtown where we have learned that Shara Wright could be changing her plea. And apparently some of the family members got a call early this morning that there was a plea deal going on. Ms. Wright, do you understand the rights that you waive and given up today, ma'am? I do. Killing Lorenzen, Love Basketball Murder, is a production of WREG-TV in Memphis. It is reported and hosted by us, Zanetta Lowe and April Thompson. Our editor is Josh Strawn. Original music, Lorenzen's theme by Boo Mitchell and Uriah Mitchell, Royal Studios, Memphis, Tennessee. Cover art by Corinne Zeta. David Warrior is in charge of web and social. Eric Lipford handles our file research. And thanks to our colleagues, Alex Coleman, Caleb Hilliard, and Sean Scott for their assistance. Jessica Davis is our intern. And none of this would be possible without the support of our assistant news director, Sarah Van Arnhem, and our news director, Bruce Moore. While you're here, be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate, and share it.